1: Call one 800 747 That's 1-800-747-3733 We now return to Tampa Bay's number one morning show The Mike Calta Show 849 on the Mike Calta Show It's 1025 The Bone Another opportunity if you win $1,000 Coming up at 10 o'clock With The Bone Bonus We'll give you the heads up on that in the studio with us now, a very funny comedian with a very disturbing mustache, Joe Bartnick, is here. I tell you, the mustache grew on me. I like it now. Thanks. I expected to
0: see it today, so it wasn't as shocking as the first time. Yeah, it's been about three years now, so, and it's never gone away because I got my head shots. So, yeah, Yo, I you get those, like, it. every five years. So it, it works for you. It's very, um, like, yeah, if you were to shave it, it would
1: look odd now. Um, but it, no, very few people are just growing the mustache these days. It's either a beard and mustache, or a mustache and some sort of. You just want straight stash. Well, it takes
0: a lot of effort to do straight stash because you got to line it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how much maintenance goes in? You got to trim the lip. Like I'm always getting hair in it. Yeah, a, I don't know. care about that. It, oh, yeah. and my gumar goes nuts because <laughs> <laughs> she hates that. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I got to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't. She's the one that trims it. I never touch. Really? It. Yeah, because I don't care enough because I can't see. Good enough, Mike, to cut it to get in there. Yeah. And you know the optical illusion of looking at it in a mirror and then trying to trim it. Yes, it's like oh, forget it. What about your uh, your your uh,
1: nuts area? Oh, I just trimmed it up a little bit. I done. tried to do. I bought this really good. Everybody's going to ask me what the name of it is, and I don't remember. But years and years, I tried this different razors and keeping it up. You know, because Bert told me one time he saw me. Bert walked in while I was naked one time. He said <laughs> I look like a man. Like I had a big man bush and all that. So I had to trim it all down. But it ends up looking like a homicide. So I in the shower, like so, I ordered this new thing, and it has ceramic teeth instead of metal, and it doesn't catch anything. It, the whole thing was it won't catch. If it does, just stop so you don't cut anything. So I'm like, mm, that's the way to go. Uh, but anyway, back to back to you, Joe. Not your privates, uh, <laughs> Joe Barnick, very funny comedian, uh, is going to be at Side Splitters tonight, one night only. Uh, you can at eight o'clock. And you can go and see him. And I'm telling you, if you're thinking about going out on a Wednesday and doing something fun, this is the thing to do. Joe is a very funny comic who is shooting a new special uh, next week in Chicago. And you'll get to see it before. Well, not it, but you'll get to see Joe before the special comes out. And then uh, you go on the road with Bill Burr a lot. Yes, I travel with Bill. Uh, you know, I do half of his shows about. So, But that is a testament to how funny you are because he could take anybody on the road with him. He
0: is at the top of his game. He's got the belt right now.
1: He's the flare. Right? Yeah. He, is, he is the flair of comedy. And uh, also, like I've had Bill on the show a lot, and I still feel like not that he doesn't like me. But, like, I never feel that warm feeling from him that I get from other comedians when I was over. Like, hey, that was good, man. Good to meet you. All right, great. Oh, good. We made a, f-. like, Bill's all right. Yeah, all right. Cool, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> having me. Like, I feel like it's that. Real dismissive.
0: I don't know. He, I think he, a lot of people feel that way about Bill because that's just this Boston kind of in him.
1: Yeah. I, I think
0: a lot of people say, I don't know if
1: Bill likes me. and like, Bill loves you. I don't know. Bobby's from Boston, and I know Bobby loves me. Bobby's
0: a big doughy love ball, though. The truth is <laughs> a big difference.
1: there's a big difference. He, uh, I, I'm not saying he doesn't like me. He probably does not even know. Like we were in, a, we were on a business call not too long ago, and uh, he was very nice and very complimentary. And we talked, and I was like, oh, maybe he does like me. But then it was over. Bert was like, no, he has no idea who you are. So that, that crushed my dreams once again. So, <laughs> but I, can I, so I don't know if I could say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, uh, I saw at Christmas time, Bill Burr bought um, Kenny, uh, club soda, Kenny, a car, right? Yes. He, a car that he had when he was younger, they had it redone up for him and bought it for him. And I thought what a nice gift, not only just to buy somebody a car, but to give him something that has such sentimental value. I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. He gives the greatest gifts. It, It could be like a television show. Yeah. Like here's a car from your past that you love. He did that for his dad and a few other people. It's amazing. That's how I'd be. If I was really rich. I would just be buying people cool gifts. He, Not too many people do
1: that. Burt's never bought us anything. Burt's got money now.
0: Really? He buys Tom Segura Yeah, they, oh, yeah. they buy each other they stuff. Contest. He buy,
1: yeah. He bought him jet skis and all that stuff and didn't buy us nothing.
0: Oh, that's a shame. I think you're the reason why he's famous. I agree. I take all the credit for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just glad I gave Bill, uh, Bill Burr that 10 bucks for that DVD like 15 years ago. Nick <laughs> yeah, Galvin was saying this morning he went to go, we had Bill on the show and he went to go see him at the Improv one time. And uh Galvin went up and said hi afterwards and he went to go buy the D V D and Burr Bur- Bur said, No, take it, take it, just take it over to him and Galvin was like, I was trying to support him and give him the money, you know, he's he's a working
0: comic, he started laughing. He's like, Now like he needs my ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how I met Bill was Doing from what? the C D. Oh really? I went to see him middle for the Charlie Murphy tour and there's my, my one weekend off and all my friends were like, why are you going to the comedy club? Because like, I wanted to see this uh red headed guy uh-huh. that's amazing. He used to do the Pasto, Pasto. Uh-huh. And then after, you know, in between, we left, and he was outside, and he goes, oh, you want a CD? And I'm like, I don't have any money. Yeah. And he goes, oh, just take it. It's kind of the comedy, like the communal thing. All comics give other comics their yeah, CD totally, for free, yeah. which has cost me thousands of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Every comic in Atlanta shows up for the free CD giveaway. <laughs> so, so, and he gave it to you? That was nice he of He gave it to me, and then, unfortunately, it was right after that, Mitch passed. Uh, and me and Molly Schminke, the booker of the Punchline, drove to Mitch's funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... We're just sad. Let's listen to something funny. Oh, and you put it in. Yeah, right? I put it in, and she goes, you like this guy? I go, I love this guy. So she booked me the feature for him like a couple months later, and that's how the whole thing started.
1: We went to see him. Do you remember Galvin who, when we went to see him at the improv, uh, Josh Need was featuring for him. Do you know Josh? I actually... Josh is from Cincinnati. He's very good, but that is, like, if you want to know who the next funny comedian is going to be, go see a guy that you like and see who he brings with him. Not, I mean, the local guys are great, too. But, I mean, if you've got a guy who you're going to see because he's funny and you know he brought somebody with him, that's going to be the the next future of comedy.
0: Well, that's a good testament because I'll tell you, the uh, Bill always says there's no cupcakes. There's no William and Mary's on my show. Right. Like, And I always wonder why – I just heard some guy the other day said uh, – Booker is saying, oh, he brings the worst features with him. And I'm like, why would anyone do that? It's so much easier – To ride a wave. Right. To to create one. come back
1: from... (laughs) I'll tell you, I saw Dice probably 15 years ago, maybe even longer, and uh, Dice was great. And I saw him at the Tampa Theater, and the guy who opened for him, I think I could have picked three guys out of the crowd, and they would have done a better job. And they said sometimes the old-school comedians bring guys who tank so that they seem funnier when they come out. I was like, I don't know if I buy that, but... I hope that was the case with Dice, that guy was... I couldn't even remember who he is. That's how awful he was. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. Like, most comedians want to bring a guy who creates that vibe before you get out there. Absolutely. And yeah. you want to, you know, and somebody cool to hang out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true. And that that's another thing. I feel like it'd be hard to crack that Burr walnut. Like, he probably doesn't like
0: to hang out with a lot of people. Um, Like, he likes you. He likes Verzi. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a few guys in there. Dean Del Rey. There's a few of us. i I just think, you know... Honestly, he has changed the least of anybody that I've non- known that's gone from sleeping in his car yeah. to, to, being, to being super rich. To being super rich I, or famous. I, he's really changed the least, but he he personally has changed the least, but his circle has gotten smaller and smaller. That's smart. That's how you stay sane. I, I agree
1: with you. Uh he's as belligerent now as he was back then. He has <laughs> not changed one ounce. Uh this is Joe Bartnick who is here with us. Joe, uh but I gotta remind everybody. I got to apologize to you for one thing, but I got to remind everybody how we met. So uh, we didn't know Joe, and we had a fight with Lisa Lampanelli, and, f- and we, we dragged that battle on for a while. And then somebody called us, and they were like, you know, Joe Bartnick writes all the funny stuff for her anyway. And we were like, yeah, Joe Bartnick writes all her funny. We didn't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> and then we, made, then we made up with Lisa Lampanelli, and everything was cool. And then we ran into Joe when we were out uh, shooting the Steve Byrne show, The Sullivan and Son. That was the first time we ever actually met.
0: Really? I thought I came into your studio one time and you guys were great with me. Yes.
1: No, but that was after. Uh-oh. Because I remember we kind of recognized you. We were like, we know that guy from somewhere. And then you were real nice to us. We were sitting in the stands while they were going over the script. And you turned and talked to us and, I, and we were like... How do we know this guy? And then we started talking, and we were like, oh, man, we're the guys from Tampa. And you were like, yeah, you almost ruined my Lampanelli gig. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And we were like, yeah, we didn't mean to drag you into it, but we hit it off with you real good. Yeah, well, you guys are awesome. It was Uh, great. I could have sworn, and I can argue with but I could have sworn I was in your old, old studio somewhere years ago. No, I'm telling you, I remember everything. That was the first
1: time we ever met physically, and then from then on, I was like, this is our guy. <laughs> and then uh, I do have to, I have to apologize. I don't even know if you remember this, but last time you were here, you and Verzi were in town, and I got up like on a Sunday morning, and I was like, hey, you guys should come over. We'll barbecue and watch football and all that, and you were like, yeah, yeah. And then my wife came in, and she was like, oh, no, because we had this plan and this plan, and I was like, yeah, so I got to cancel our <laughs> barbecue plan. I felt like such a dick. I never... I never give into that stuff, but I knew I had. Prior, I forgot I had a prior career with. You. Oh,
0: absolutely no worries. You guys are all, you guys are awesome, and it's one of those things too. Is like, you know, I learned a very hard lesson. You know, I've been mean, doing this twenty five years, like maybe twenty three years ago. Drinking all day in the sun never good for no, no, show. Never oh. works out. Couple pops at happy hour, fine. Yeah, but the old five in the sun at two never <laughs> works
1: out. <laughs> Joe does a uh, podcast about hockey. And I have been on the podcast a couple of times. Absolutely. You're a great guest. I don't feel like I'm a great guest, especially like if you called me this year and said to be on the podcast, I'd have to say no because I they changed where you can watch the games. I can't even watch the games anymore. I don't have it on my system, so I only
0: see like three games unless I'm going to the games live, so I can't even keep track of anything anymore. Oh, they pulled that, they win two Stanley Cups, and now they have an uptick on yeah. the uh, yeah. <laughs> cable all
1: yeah. yeah. oh, Superstars me. now.
0: Yeah, the the money grab, like when the Penguins changed the logo to the effeminate pigeon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was really them. I think that the, um,
1: whatever the, the service was sold to Bally Sports, and then the Frontier, the cable company here doesn't uh, carry the Valley Sports. Well, the cable company does, but the Verizon
0: company doesn't. You're know, like, I don't. know. Now I don't have any. games. I just lost the Kings and the Ducks because I switched Spectrum packages. I, actually the Uber guy who drove me. He does Spectrum retention. Oh like really? Should, yeah, he gave me all the tricks to get them back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you know that was my my job before radio? This is great. And this is how I know my dad he used to be in the mob uh, because my job used to work for TCI Cable, which was in Newport Richie, not too far from here. And they would give me a list of people who oh, were behind on their bill. And I would go and try to recoup that money. I would knock on their door, and I'd say, hey, Mr. Jones, you owe TCI cable $300. If you pay me today, we turn your cable on, everything is good. Now, a lot of these guys knew how to turn their cable back on because all you do is unscrew the coax from the little box out in the backyard, and they would just watch you, and then they'd go, and then they'd screw it back when you were done. So I'd say, if you pay the money, we'll we'll we're good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll make sure your cable's on. And I would go out there and screw it in for them. And if they didn't pay the money, then I'd have to schedule them to be uh, canceled. And if they were nice and they just couldn't afford it, I'd be like, all right, I'll schedule you to be canceled. And I'd just leave it, whatever they had. If it was working or not working, I would go. But if they were dicks to me... I would go in the back, unscrew their box, take out my knife and cut the wire so they couldn't put it back in. So I, and I never forget I moved I I went back to New York. My dad was still living there and him and his friend Fat Jean we were having lunch and uh Fat Jean says, "So what are do you doing uh, in Florida?" I said, "I do this thing with the cable. I go to people who owe money and if they don't pay, I cut their wires." And he goes, Mink, you're just like your
0: dad. And I went, oh, <laughs> I, I get it now. It and doesn't sound weird. like you were for Spectrum. It's like you ever heard Vito's Cable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if what I was doing was necessarily legal. but They
1: got their cable from Spectrum, <laughs> but it wasn't actually with Spectrum. Right, right. I don't know. I that, that was the fun thing, man. I, I felt like I, had, I was like 18 years old and I had all the power in the world. You want to be a dick to me? And I just ripped their MTV right out of there. That right was the customer
0: court. service in the 80s. Like, yeah. no, it wasn't the call center. It was a big Italian guy showing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had to pay him because he was threatening to beat up our kids. Yeah, that's that's the way it went. Now, uh, where do you live now? Uh, just outside of Pasadena, California. And and do you like California? Because you're not a California guy, right?
0: Uh, not really. I love San Francisco. It's a city. I'll tell you, if you live within a, if you live on anywhere within a half hour of the beach in California. It's amazing. Yeah, if not, you might as well live in Texas. That's true. I, there's
1: got to be like I remember the first time I went to San Diego and just saw all that all the beach, and I was like, I could live, I could live like this.
0: But meanwhile, I live here and I never go to the beach. If beaches are in fat guy friendly areas. Yeah, I I love the positive ions at the beach. I, I I'll take a cold beach. I'll take a cloudy beach. Just being out there. Yeah, and walking my dogs on the beach. I just I love that. That's my favorite thing is going to the beach actually. I, but not even like the heat or sitting out in the sun. No, just the water. And yeah, all, yeah, just is getting sand in my crotch. Yeah. <laughs> where do you do you? Where are you going to write?
1: I never write. You my... don't. So what do you do? It's all. Yeah, some... like, I'm amazed by the process
0: by all by so many different people. Ah, uh, something funny happens, I think about it, or something I think about, oh, that's funny, and if I can really remember it, hopefully, I don't know, after these th- 45 years of drug use, <laughs> sometimes I write down, and now I put it on my phone like a young kid, and uh, then, like, yeah, I'm going to do that, and work on that, or I might tell my wife, or and it's like, oh, it's funny. Or if you know it's funny, then I'll try it on stage, and then I build it up from there. I mean, I'll go write at a coffee shop or somewhere if I have to write for another comedian or a show or a roast or something, but when it's just me... No, I, I, I it's, it's all in you, and it's funny too. You can tell when I try to write a joke, yeah, because it just doesn't flow. Doesn't right. Or if someone will give me a tag, people think I'm rude. Like if somebody, oh, you should say this. It's like it's never gonna work because it's kind of cutesy or clever, yeah. and it's just not me. It's funny you said because I wanted to know. Joe has written for
1: a lot of funny comedians, and I always think, like, the, when I found out Chris Rock had writers for comedy, I was like. Well, then why don't they just write the joke? I, I I couldn't get it. I didn't understand in the beginning. Does that ever bother you when you're writing for somebody who's making a ton of money and doing all that, and you're like, well, these are my jokes. I should be doing this.
0: No, because I usually write for women, or they give me a topic that I'm never going to write on. The only time it okay. was close was uh, I was helping Rob Riggle put a set together, Oof. and it was like, <laughs> hey, he's a great actor. <laughs> He's an American hero, though, I'll tell you. He was, like, Man. in 9-11 and in Afghanistan, and he's, he's he's a great dude.
1: Yeah, great dude, just doesn't belong on the NFL and Fox. Oh. <laughs> Ruins
0: everything. I, that's too early for yeah, me. Yeah. It's hard enough to get up and watch football, let alone pregame. <sighs> L.A., it starts at, like, 9 and Oh, that's north. true, that's yeah. true,
1: yeah. But they just went They went uh, Kimmel and Caliendo, and, all, and then they just went shh right over the air. Just stop it. Just stop trying to be funny and just do
0: football. Yeah and then uh, and Terry never sold the bits either. No. Not at all. <laughs> he played him like Harley Race like, <laughs> So you so you're writing for Riggle putting together an act for him? Yeah, he was trying to do some stand up and it was too much like okay, he's kind of a big semi angry guy. So it was like, oh, these I would write these jokes. Right. But when I'm writing for Lisa or other or females or just for someone, hey, can you punch this up? It's like, it's not in my wheelhouse. Like, I wasn't thinking about that.
1: Right. So you're not giving away any of your material. Exactly. Okay, I get it.
0: Do you, are you good at writing roast jokes? Roast jokes are pretty much, I mean, about my Cadillac.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, I have to tell you, we sit here sometimes after the show and just watch old roast stuff on, on YouTube all the time. Those Those people, like, who would you say you wrote the most for? Or do they just put them in a pot and they kind of divide
0: them up? Well, I mean, I wrote a, a, millions for 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 Lampinelli yeah. because she did. Besides uh, Comedy Central, she would do Stern, she would do private ones, she'd yeah. do uh, millions of. Yeah, you can do a, a mind frame though, Mike. Like we're like all of a sudden you can't write a joke that isn't just the meanest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> i <Right>. will <laughs> no. be trying to write a joke about my anybody. It's like, oh my god, that's just easy.
1: <laughs> but my wife, when we did my roast when I turned forty. My wife was like, uh, Oh, I want to write a couple of jokes. And I go, Well, yeah, I go, Listen, you're going to be up there with a bunch of professional comedians. You don't want to embarrass yourself. And I should have realized that, you know, being married to me for 15 years was an endless amount of insults. And she, she just came out and destroyed me. At Stole the, end. the show, too. Stole the show. Yeah. It was not a sympathy. Oh, the wife is cute. She was literally just destroying me. And it was it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, the evil is in you.
0: I think, uh, well, wives of comedians are saints, but they also, they have, they've been around it enough where they can just pull out the dagger. Yeah,
1: yeah, for like- sure
0: yeah now does your wife is she more lenient with people or not like my wife is not lenient with any other comics
1: oh my wife's a pushover she's very lenient she doesn't care about anything until
0: you really push her to the edge. Okay, so she'll give a lot of people the best. Like, my wife will give no one the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, if they're not Burr or Tell, like, this guy's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's one of us. Be yeah, nice. Yeah, I
1: know, I know. Well, uh, she's, she's pretty good. Um, she's pleasant. or She'll fake it if she doesn't. <laughs> so, But, yeah, there are times where I, I tell her, hey, you got to watch. This guy's great. Like, I remember Segura... I was a late comer to Segura, and uh, when I watched this special, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, and I made her watch it, and she didn't laugh as much, and it made me mad. I was like, you're just dumb. <laughs> you're just dumb. <laughs> right? You don't We it. almost got in a fight. Yeah, you don't get the jokes. <laughs> it's crazy. So now uh, you are filming your special in Chicago. you
0: nervous about that, or is it just another night? Um, I'm a little nervous just because you know, a lot of people put a lot of time and money into it. I don't want to let them down. But as far as doing the show, no. I mean, I've been doing the same show for a long time. It's going to kill it. Where will...
1: So... So the new thing now, and I think Louie and, and guys like that really did it right. You don't need to put your special on Netflix. You don't need to put your special on HBO. I mean, HBO was there from the beginning for comedians, but now you can, you can put your, you can self do your special and put it out there on the internet and
0: really probably make more money than you would if you sold it to Comedy Central or something like that. Yeah, I mean, All Things Comedy is producing it, so it's their money and they're, it's whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. So so that's great. Yeah. And All Things Comedy is uh, is Burr and other people. Burr and, uh, and uh, Al
1: Madrigal and yeah. a few other folks. So, yeah, they've been big time in a lot of stuff. Yeah, they get so they're they're doing not only
0: stand-up specials but movies and all kinds of stuff. They're I was just it. in a movie, Old Dads. What's Old Dads? Old Dads, and I don't think I'm giving away any secrets. It's no. about in the trades, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, remember
1: we were talking about Old Dads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so Bill Burr... Uh, uh-huh. Bobby Carnevali my favorite actor under 70 cuz all my favorite actors are Italian. He's the only guy under 70 and uh Bo Keem, a black dude I can't say the rest of his name. Why well, uh, just start with a man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I know who you're talking about. Agree yeah, you, so you see the the guy that played the rapper that shook down Tony Soprano in season yeah, 1. Yeah. yeah. He's in he's in the he's in The Wire, I guess, but he's definitely in um uh, Boardwalk Empire. Gotcha. D- great, okay. dude. Uh, they play three old dads. I did read about this. That's great. Yeah. And uh me and Verzi both got big scenes, and there's a strip club scene, and I get to have a big scene with Barbie Conner Valley and I got to replay my scene. My favorite... I, not good. Goodfellas, for his my favorite name of any movie is Pulp Fiction, when John Travolta and Bruce Willis stare each other down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I got to stare down Bobby Carnavalli. <laughs> and it was the best. And my wife always said, if you could do that Pittsburgh look, you'd make a million bucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby Carnavalli grew on me. I did not like him for the longest time. I felt like he was, uh, I don't know, not personally, I don't know him, oh. but uh, acting-wise, I felt like he was overacting. And then I saw something, and it came back around. He brought or he brought it back around recently. What was? I can't remember what the hell it was. That's interesting. Like I would, how would you know overacting? Not uh, to me. Like he was in that show that they did about um, like the punk scene. What was? It? Do you remember what that was, Gavin? Yeah, it was on HBO. It was uh, uh, Ray Romano was in it. I know exactly what you're talking. Vinyl was, vinyl. I think it was called. Oh, uh, vinyl was the name of that show. And he yeah. was just too much. But I was like, oh, but I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way, and
0: then I realized. I'm. I'm. It's me. It's probably just me. You know what I mean. So I'll tell you because I mean I begged for him to be in the Saints of Newark. Oh yeah. Because I'm like this show's terrible. It was awful. I blame the acting, and then some people are like, oh, the editing. Because they want to blame the actors. I'm like, why didn't they just get like famous actors like Bobby Carnavali to do it? Like it seemed like all the actors. I mean, I you know I I love Joey Diaz, but it's like they could have got some
1: actors. Scor- Scorsese when he did Goodfellas. He wanted as many non-actors, real Italian people in it as possible, and he went and got the right people, and it worked. The peripheral people in Goodfellas were not traditional actors, and it and It worked. Because he got, it. he wanted authenticity, and he got it. They did not have that. That many things in Newark was the biggest pile of garbage. <laughs> I've never waited for something and been so disappointed so bad in my life. I, I wanted to run upstairs and watch it the minute it came out. And and I had to watch it three times to realize how much I hated it. I I, was, I watched it, and I thought, well, look, maybe it's me. And I watched it again, and I was like, no. And then every once in a while, I'll see it on or something, I'll watch a couple minutes of it, and I'll go, it's garbage. The only thing I thought was really good was the uh, uh, actress who played... Livia Soprano, young Livia Soprano captured the misery of old Livia Soprano.
0: That's the truth. But I mean like they had Ray Lear to play the guy twice. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you don't have a bigger budget, you gotta pay a guy. It was like community theater. It was like you're gonna play bad. two parts.
1: It was really bad.
0: I mean, I I couldn't watch it on a plane. I'm I'm like, oh, you're bored to death. And it's like, I'm not bored enough to watch this. I'd rather (laughs) stare at the seat back than watch this movie again. What's SkyMall have? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I miss SkyMall. SkyMall was better than the internet.
1: SkyMall was, what was that one store, uh... They used that sharper image. Yeah. Sharp. It would be all these things that you were like, this is the f- products of the future right. and things your pets can use. <laughs> and and you can just order it right there, and it gave you the ability to use the little
0: phone and the whole deal. The only real job I ever had was sharper image customer service. Really? Yeah. A lot yeah. of people returning their robots? Oh, they brought the people returning everything, and I, my customer service rating for approval was 100%. Oh. But for money making the company like I was, like, the worst in the whole department. (laughs) You're giving everything back. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, the suitcases are garbage. We'll send you a new one. Why'd you buy it in the first place?
1: (laughs) There used to be a a physical Sharper Image store here in Hyde Park, and they had a big robot in the window, and I used to think, God, that's my my dream, like the one that Pauly had in Rocky. (laughs) Happy birthday. That's my dream. Now I think what stupid laundry I'd be hanging on that robot if we had it here in this house. Uh, Joe Bartnick is here. He's going to be at Side Splitters tonight only. I would definitely go see Joe. He's a very funny comedian. Uh, and then he is going to be shooting his special and then another special after that. So uh, this is the blow up time for Joe. not that you need to blow up. I mean you've been everywhere forever, but I know I need I need to blow up. Financially though. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Blown
1: up physically a few times, but yeah. I got That's <laughs> balloon up. So so when is uh when's the dad's movie coming out? That I'm looking forward to. That'd be great.
0: Uh I think hopefully there will be like a Christmas one.
1: Oh good, 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 good. I see I, I also appreciate anybody
0: who makes it and still puts their friends in the movies. Well I think yeah, he's a good Don. Everybody eats. Yeah. No, Bert didn't put us in his movie. Yeah. Yeah, right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bert has
1: home movies, what's Bert word? made a movie? About his uh, about his train story, about the Russia
0: story, the machine. The machine. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And that's he right. He didn't put us in this movie, son of a bitch. Shut up. Yeah, you guys could all play Russian mobsters. I mean, you would be a good Russian yeah, mobster. I'm just
1: saying. I been a, he actually said, "I'm busting birch balls," but he actually said, "He goes, I have an idea for all my friends who want to be in the movie. Uh, there's a scene where we're in prison, and he's like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have all of, i have you and Tom and Joey Diaz and all these guys in, a, in a." In a shower scene in prison, where all of you are in there naked getting a shower, and I'm going to come in and a big fight's going to break out, and it's just going to be a bunch of ugly
0: naked guys in there. And I was like,
1: "Yeah, and I go, I'm not doing that. I'm going to give you a hard pass on that one, man."
0: Yeah, that sounds like, "Hey, I'm going to get all my friends. I'm embarrassing with their small, cold, uh, you yeah, know, weenies. weenies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm not going on the big screen with that.
1: No, no, not at all." Uh, But, look, I'm, I'm joking. I can't wait till that movie comes out. I'd love to see all these guys that we've loved for so long become successful. I mean, look at Byrne making his own movies now, doing documentaries.
0: I mean, he's killing it. Oh, he's a Pittsburgh guy, too. He's an inspiration, Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne makes me feel lazy constantly. Yeah, he oh, he's always working. Always working. And so funny. And the nicest guy. And he drinks like I do. How does he wake up in the morning and get to work? Like, he's amazing. He's got the Asian gene you don't have. Well, I, the Asian gene is usually the anti-drinking.
1: Oh uh, yeah, but it's a it's a non-stop work gene. It's it's a uh, we will get beat if we stop working gene. <laughs> In between gambling, In, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, who else do you hang out with? Like, who's your uh, that we know uh, your buddies? Uh, well, again you know, well obviously you know Verz. Yeah. Uh, Verz is like without without sounding like uh, two homos. I mean, Verz is my best friend. I love that guy.
1: But, okay, so I know Verz very well. This is Paul Verz. He's from New York. He's a very funny comedian. And I don't feel like he is as is well-known as he should be yet. And I think that he blows up next. I think this is a this
0: is a big time for him. Yeah, he has a new special coming out that's going to be, according to everybody, is sick. Because his first one was amazing. He got a legitimate standing O, his yeah. first special. Like, he's I was really there. funny.
1: Yeah, he's he, fantastic. He's really funny, and he's a good dude, and he's definitely a good hang. So the first time, Galvin, that uh, we ever had virgin on a podcast, he said that his kid... They had a fish, and the fish died, and the kid didn't want him to bury the fish. He felt bad, mm-hmm. so they froze it, and it was in the freezer downstairs <laughs> and it had been there for like a year, and I go... Go go get it, and he went and he was like, "Now," and I go, "Yeah." So he went and got it and unwrapped, <laughs> unwrapped the fish, the big fat dead koi fish, live on the podcast. It's just been sitting in his freezer for the past year. <laughs> yeah, he uh he's a funny dude. But uh May the first weekend in May, he's going to be down here the weekend that Bobby is shooting his comedy special. So between that Thursday and Sunday, we're going to have some good times. I told Bobby, I go, we should just go into. We should go into side as while well Verzy's on stage one night during a show and just take over. And he goes, Yeah. He goes, You could do that to Steve Byrne. You can't do that to Versie Verzy ended up beating us both up. And I was like, All right, well, I didn't, <laughs> We won't
0: do that. I don't need that to happen. Byrne loves jumping in on stage with you, too. Yeah, notice that Berno always hijacked your set, which is great. It was great. We
1: were doing a thing over at, at uh, Sidesputters, and he just came walking up on a microphone. I was like, this is where the best moments happen. <laughs> These are the greatest things. Uh, well, look, I, I can't tell you uh, how much I'm looking forward to your special. I think that you're one of the funny, nice guys, and uh, people that want to go see some great comedy, go see uh, Joe Bartney tonight. 8 o'clock, one show at Sidesputters. You can go to com. buy your tickets there, pick your seats, do your whole thing, and then look for the. Uh, when do you think your special is going to come out? Uh,
0: hopefully in the fall.
1: Yeah, oh, I'll have to write a out. new
0: hour first. So. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll tape the special. You got uh, a couple of things that you're working on now, and then the big movie coming out. Uh, yeah,
0: doing something for Netflix, too. So, uh, we well, yeah, uh, it's been a busy, busy few weeks, months. Good for you. Better to be busy than to be doing nothing. Oh, absolutely. I never complain about working. Now, does Lisa Lampanelli still do stuff, or is she just so rich she's... She... I wrote... I helped her write her final roast on Stern, and she never came back. She, she retired, yeah. but now she's been showing up at different comedy clubs. Almost like, remember when like uh, Andre would be in the crowd? Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, why is Andre uh, in the crowd? Like, <laughs> check it out. Lurking. Big, yeah, check it uh, out, Big John Stud. And then one day he has to come back. <laughs> in, so. Do you yeah. know
1: that's a funny story is that um, uh, Jimmy Snuka, uh would be the kind of guy to do that, would come back, so... Uh, Brian Adams, who used to, who was a wrestler who passed away, he, him and Undertaker were best friends. Brian Adams
0: cuts like a knife?
1: No, different Brian <laughs> Adams. Brian Adams uh, uh, crush and smash, I think they were. They were a tag team for a while. By the way, if you saw him, you'd know who he was. And uh, he was in WCW. He was in NWO. And, and he did a great impression of Jimmy Snuka. Like, everybody can kind of do it a little bit. He did it dead on. So when him and Undertaker would be driving from the city to city to go to show, they would call Vince. And they kept wanting to leave a voicemail message for him, but his housekeeper kept picking it up. And finally they got the voice message. He's like, yeah, Vince, this is Jimmy. I think I'm going to make my comeback uh, on Monday Night Raw this Monday at Madison Square Garden. He's like, don't worry, I'll just show up. I'll jump in the ring when I need to. And they were like, and Vince had security on high alert. The night they go, get that something <laughs> Snooker would do? He would just show up and try to get in the ring.
0: I love all those old lunatics. Oh, I, I Snooker, how about killing that? Chick. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. It's some, when I was a some kid. heavy duty stuff, man. I when I was a kid,
1: I remember he got arrested, and it was the first time I ever heard uh, murder and cocaine all in the same sentence, and I didn't know what it was, and I was like, not my Jimmy Snuka. There's no way. And then all of a sudden, you
0: find out years later, yeah, well, it was true. Yeah, and that's how that's what did him in because they had Morocco beat him. Yeah, yeah. I love Morocco back the Morocco. Beach. beach Pre-steroid Don Morocco. Uh-huh. Beach, Fat Hawaiian. Yeah, yep. beach bum Don Morocco. <laughs> he could
1: work. There was some good stuff. I think I would enjoy watching that stuff now more than I would the new stuff.
0: Oh, that's all I... Well, I don't even have the, the channel, but I love that stuff. I... <laughs> It, it it lost it with me when you admit it's not real, even though you, you know knew. it's not yeah. real. You gotta pretend that it's real. It was it worse. Be. It looks just like dudes in gymnastic outfits, it's right? Up and like no one looks like Blackjack Mulligan. It's gonna no one looks like like Harley Race. Like they're gonna beat your brains and in a bar fight. These yeah. guys are like, what are you gonna do? Jump over me off a ladder? Like yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel scared and intimidated by those guys. No, I know it's uh, that's hilarious. I was more disappointed with that than I was Santa Claus. I Think, to find out. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because I, b- I didn't believe it either because my uncle was a cop in Baltimore and he'd always be like, they're backstage playing cards. And are uh, like, no, they're, they're not. Nah.
1: You adults trying to ruin everything for yeah. us. Uh, Joe, great seeing you, buddy. Thank you so oh, much for, up for the, coming in. Thanks for the,
0: all the plugs
1: and stuff. Yeah, You guys
0: are so nice to me.
1: Go see Joe at Sidesplitters tonight, 8 o'clock. Uh, great comedian. And then look for him on Netflix and uh, a bunch of other places, all things comedy. We must take a break when we come back.